stand by for Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors with your host, Drew Kirby. Hey, this is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Denning. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis. Hey, it's Luke Bryan. I'm Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Munsey. Ah, uh, this is Craig Morgan. And you're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5. Oh, thank you so much for tuning in. We have got a great show. As we're getting closer to hunting season, we talk to Game and Fish about some of the things you can and can't do. We'll also talk to Brian to get you geared up on your bow, or maybe you got a new uh, crossbow you're going to use this year. We'll tell you how to get that ready to go. And we're winding down the YO Hunters and Fishermen uh, Walleye League. We'll talk to Jay Fountain this morning. If you missed any of our shows over the last year, you can hit us up in the My Country 95.5 app and listen on demand. Let's get the show rolling. Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. My country 95.5. In hooking and hunting outdoors on my country 95.5. We've made it to August, which means that there will be some hunting happening here over the next uh, five or six months. And Janet and Brian, you guys, I know this is your busiest time of the year. Uh, you guys were just telling me the office is just buzzing with people of excitement for so many opportunities uh, all over the area. You're right. And, you know, some of the things that, that we're dealing with right off the, the top of the, the list, and I'm not sure if you've heard, Drew, or not, but there are a lot of things globally that we're having surplus issues with, and Game and Fish Department got to be privy to some of that fantastic shortages. And we're actually having some challenges getting our – um, brochures printed are regulations that have all of the information that people need about, you know, what to do in the field or hunt areas, those sorts of things. We have a very limited number of printed copies. And so we want to remind people first off that they can get all that information, um, online. Uh, our, uh, Cheyenne office has worked very hard to get things updated onto some really neat platforms so everyone can get the information that they need. And um, you can print it off at home if you would like. And if you cannot certainly come in, we do have a limited number of, of printed copies that we would love to get out to folks if they still want some, some of those in, in print to have in the vehicle with them. We do know it's important and, and that's kind of why we're here today is to talk about some of those things that it's important to know in those regulations before you hit the field. Yeah, we've talked over the last year about how there are some regulations that uh, a lot of people question and aren't familiar with. They have a kind of an understanding, but don't fully understand it. So reading up on this and making sure you know is really important because you don't want to end up you know, having bad things happen to your hunting privileges. And again, when, you know, you run into a game warden in the field, um, I think the majority of the time, these things that happen are not intentional. They are accidental. So we just want to remind people kind of of those, those big things that folks can be aware of to keep them out of trouble when they head out this fall. Now, what are some of the biggest, you know, infractions that people will have questions about? Well, the most common thing that we run into, Drew, is after people harvest an animal, like harvest or antelope, for example, they, in the, in the time, in the moment, they get excited and they forget to fill out their license. So that's why we say the first thing you do before you, you know, field dress your animal and take it back to your truck is take the minute or two it takes to detach the carcass coupon, 
cut out the dates of the harvest, sign it, and uh, make sure that stays with that animal. Now, if you're going to take the animal back to the truck and throw it in the back of the truck, you know, put that carcass coupon in your pocket um, so you're not losing it on the drag back to your truck. And like I say, as long you're as as long as you're with that animal, you can keep it in your pocket the whole time. The only time it has to be attached to the animal is when that animal's in the back of the truck all by itself and you're out helping your son or your grandpa um, dragging his antelope. So that's probably the most common violation we run across every single year. And the directions are on the license and in the regulations. So it's one of those things, just take a moment, fill out your license, get that taken care of and no problems after that. You know, and, and really being familiar with the license too. If you haven't even really opened it and pulled it out of the envelope, you know, if you haven't hunted antelope for a few years, it maybe has changed. Yeah, it's probably good to check the regulation, make sure that the opening dates is still the same. If there's any restrictions on the license type that you have. But, you know, that's a good thing. It's like you get the license in the envelope, open the envelope to make sure the license is for the right hunt area. Um, make sure there wasn't a mistake made either by you or, or by the game and fish. And um, the first thing you should do is make sure that uh, that's your license and you sign it right away. Um, where you identify the upper left-hand corner of that license is where you sign it. Um, then you sign your carcass coupon and your landowner coupon after the harvest. What are some other things we really need to, to highlight and make sure people are aware of it? Because, you know, you guys aren't out to ruin anybody's hunting. You are out to make sure everybody's doing it right. Exactly. And, and we've talked about this a ton, Drew, that... Um, you know, hunting is a way to manage wildlife. And so one of the things that can be important in certain areas is making sure that we're harvesting the right gender or sex of animals. So sometimes we put, you know, you can have a um, buck license or a doe fawn license. And so in those areas, some licenses do require that you keep evidence of gender of the animal that you've harvested attached to the animal. And so following those um, rules and regulations is pretty important. Now that doesn't have to be for every license, um, but you do need to know which licenses um, that is for. Being aware of where you are is very important as we've learned over the last year or so, but there are maps available all over uh, about all the hunting areas, right? There is maps. I mean, most of the people, we have, they can print those off online on the hunt planner which makes it a lot easier. You can also go grab a Bureau of Land Management or a BLM map at your local sporting goods store. But probably the best thing, Drew, to have is some type of app on your phone like Onyx or one of those, which actually helps you um, with your exact location and knowing how to use that app when you don't have really good phone reception too. So, I mean, that's one of the other common violations you run across is, you know, know where you're hunting, know where your hunt area boundaries are, know if you're on public or private land, I mean, that's all really important, and it's another one of those common violations that we have. But it's getting better with the apps that people have on their phones now. It makes it easier for them to avoid a lot of those issues we've had in the past with trespassing by having that app on your phone. You should actually know exactly where you're at at all times. And if you don't, you know, you can always stop by, stop one of us in the field. We can help you out with the operation of that app, too. It's, it's really pretty simple. Very good. All right. Well, you can stop in and see them at Game and Fish if you need any more information or give them a call and, and you guys can direct them to exactly where they need to go on the website. Absolutely. Wyoming, Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. My country, 95.5. Rocky Mountain Discount Sports, your one-stop shop for everything 
fall oriented it's weird to say that but there are swimming pools in the area that are closing up and and it'll snow before we know it brian kids will be back in school and moms will be happy <laughs> yeah <laughs> the, the mom wine club happens starting next week kids That's it. <laughs> uh, also in just a couple of weeks uh we've got the first archery season starting to kick in for elk and, and antelope and mule deer it's all going to happen yeah, we're, uh, I mean, we're seeing guys starting to get pretty excited. Um, a lot of guys are prepping, pulling their bows out and making sure they're sighted in, making sure their, their bow strings are, are good and, uh, getting new ones ordered if they need to. Cause, uh, just like everything else, I mean, uh, this time of year, things start slowing down in terms of trying to get product back in. So I've talked to a couple of guys that said by this time, normally, They've uh, put their boats up for the year, and they break out the the archery equipment because if it's been uh, one year or nine months since you've mm-hmm. shot a bow, you kind of get rusty. Oh yeah, it's a, I mean muscle memory is a, is a real thing, especially when you're shooting a bow and you're just used to making the same movements all the time, uh, pulling that bow back and just practicing and making sure that you're consistent. So. Uh, you and I were chatting a little bit about uh, the archery range that you have here to, to really get your bow sighted in. And one of my questions was, well, what about the crossbows? Because crossbows have become really popular now, and it's a 20-yard uh, range, but they still can can use those here. Absolutely. So um, our, our biggest line of crossbows is Raven crossbows. And so when we're setting those things up, uh, we generally will uh, chronograph them to verify the speed and how what they're actually doing with uh, the weight of the uh, field tip or that you're that you're using and then uh, we'll go right back to the range and then we'll get it sighted in at that 20 yard range and then hopefully uh, when you take that out to the field uh, your drop down uh, reticle will all be in line pretty much you know 60 80 sometimes as far as 100 yards now obviously when you come in here and you get it set up that's not the last time you should shoot it before you get out to, to hunt. But right, yeah, no. I mean, if you, depending on you know what a person wants to do, I mean, if you think you're going to make a 20 yard shot, probably not, probably going to be fine. But uh, with these crossbows and modern crossbows that are going 400 feet per second or more, I mean, there's guys that are feeling very confident and consistent at 60, 70, and 80 yards, and they're still getting full pass through on animals. I mean, these bows are putting so much pounds per inch on these on these animals that uh they're getting full pass through and they're they're not they're not wounding these animals they're having good quality shots so but a guy needs to you know practice and try some different shots and how you're going to shoot whether you're laying down or sitting up or shooting off of a trigger stick or off a log or whatever you're going to do it it really is you have to be as skilled with that as you do your rifle i mean you can't just pick a rifle up and go out there uh, also, uh, all the accessories, uh, whether it be your quiver or whether it be your uh, your your bolts. I mm-hmm. mean, you, you got them all here. Yeah. So this is the time of year that we're you know selling a lot of uh, just bolts. We're selling a lot of arrows. Guys are getting them refletched. You know, maybe they've got some from last year that they forgot. You know how how bad they were, and so they're getting them refletched. Um, now now is the time to get that done because we're gonna we're already starting to see a pretty good uptick on in customers that are wanting that done and uh things like just tuning bows and and uh refletching arrows they take time uh obviously if you're going to use uh, archery or even a crossbow you're going to be a little closer than you are with that rifle so a good camel pattern is uh, quality yeah, and I, you know the first the first season that we normally see open around here is going to be our antelope season. So we've got a lot of ground blinds, uh, different 
different colors and camo patterns on ground blinds, but really, I mean, shooting out of a ground blind is different than shooting at a target in the in the in the range. So, I always recommend that you know practice how you're going to play kind of deal absolutely now whatever it is you need for hunting or even fishing there's still late season fishing going on here and you guys never stop supplying the fishing gear no we we, we are going through a ton of worms every week and uh the the water temperatures are definitely warming up but the fish are still biting so they're uh, they're a little more finicky and maybe patterning patterning a little bit differently it might be a little deeper but uh, there's still pretty good bites going on. And, of course, if you're going to go out on that hunt, maybe you're going to go on an overnight hunt or a multi-day hunt, camping gear is very important, and you've got it all. Yeah, so, uh, you know, the big thing is is just plan ahead, right? I mean, you, half the time you, know, you got so excited about your season last year that you put everything away wet and forgot about it, and now you got moldy clothes and tents and sleeping bags, and uh, pull that stuff out, make sure everything's in good working order, make sure you get your, you know, if you have a single burner stove, you know, t- take them out, test them, make sure the propane lines are all working, they're not cracked. Um, but yeah, I mean, now's the time to plan ahead while, while, uh, while, while you still have time to get it. Get out here, check it out, CY Avenue and in uh, Casper, it's Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. Wyoming Outdoors, My Country, 95.5. It's Drew and Brian back, Rocky Mountain Discount Sports. And uh, Brian, I got a chance to go out to Alcova this week and do some fishing. And, well, it, there wasn't much catching going on. There was a lot of fishing and, and struggling. Yeah, the, especially if you are uh, if you were there for the walleye league. You know, the, the walleye population at um, Alcova... I think it's okay, but those fish are definitely a challenge out there. Alcova is one of the few reservoirs in the area that's still doing pretty good for water. Pathfinder, they're they're at 41%, and I think Mm -hmm. Glendo is pretty close to that as well, right? Yep, 44, I think. So, uh, you know, there's a lot more water and a lot less kind of be danger for your, your boat out in Alcova, but the fishing is a lot better at Glendo and pathfinder yeah you know this is the this is the time of year when when you get out on the water i mean obviously you have to be careful because there's new obstructions that are are showing up every day the water water is dropping very fast but it's also a good time to use your electronics mark some of those structures you know take a look at shorelines visualize what uh you know what that would look like when the water level is 10 15 20 foot higher because there's a lot of uh different gravel beds and shelves that you know would that generally produce really well during the uh the high water years and unless you um you know, can actually see it while the water's low. Now is a great time to actually just mark those locations. I was talking to one of the guys working at the marina yesterday, and and he said that they've had a lot of boats that have been damaged just because people aren't really paying attention and, and knowing what to do. Some of that's just, you know, surely just not paying attention, right? Alcova, they, they keep that at a recreational level, you know, for majority of the summer months. But, um, you know, our, our reservoirs, I mean, it, did, it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you can drive right out in the middle of the lake and not, not hit anything either. But uh, just paying attention and uh, uh, looking for those, I mean, the, the change in water, when the wave hits a rock a little bit differently and how it's splashing, uh, it, it just, it, it's important to pay attention this time of year. You know, we've really been running pretty hot. Uh, you know, we've had 90s for quite a little while now, and the bite's not that good at Alcova right this second. So if you're out there fishing, how are you changing it up through the, the afternoon? If you go out in the morning or the, the late afternoon, how are you switching it up to try to make something happen? 
Yeah, you know, and, we, and we've got a full moon going on right now that we're going to be coming off of, and you know, low fish they don't they don't like the walleyes particularly don't like the bright sunny days, right? So, uh, in murky water, uh, look for a different uh, water clarity, look for water temperature changes, um, but. Uh, uh, alcova i i tend to think that you know those fish are, or those walleyes are feeding on pretty much two primary sources they've got crawdads and then they've got trout and probably salmon at this point my thought is is that there's probably a lot of walleyes that are suspended that a typical walleye guy is not fishing for because for one we t- we typically fish a shallow or in towards the shoreline and at alcova there's so much boat pressure especially on the weekends that it's pretty hard to get good boat control to try to target you know a walleye that's suspended so and finding them is just random right you got to find the schools of salmon or or, or the random trout um but i but i've talked to some guys that have you know been trolling for salmon that you know happened to you know whack a couple 30 inch walleyes uh, just by doing that so it makes me believe that there's probably more more walleyes out doing that type of uh, patterning than than not so almost playing it as not your straight playbook but kind of getting the trick plays out yeah and it's i mean it's it's tough to pattern you know uh fish that are suspended you know because you don't know if they're just uh, with the thermocline or you know if you have to just find the the schools of trout uh you know you find a school of salmon i mean is what then you got to find what lure is going to attract the walleye and why would they eat your your lure when they can eat a salmon (laughs) you know it's definitely a challenge i mean that you know the it's kind of like lake erie theory you know where guys are you know out in this big body of water and they're they're looking for the schools and then they're they're running those suspended worm harnesses or crankbaits trying to trying to get a reaction bite so really just trying things that maybe you normally wouldn't do on a on a walleye fishing trip yeah i mean alcova is just for me has always just been a difficult challenge anyways you know usually your your morning and evening hours are going to be your best time to fish once you know the boat traffic gets up and maybe the waves are crashing to the shore i might push those walleyes out a little bit deeper it could push them in shallower where they're maybe now they're feeding on some of that material that's being uh, you know pushed up because of the wave action but um it's just a challenging lake i mean it's and and even trout sometimes can be a challenge well if you're looking for maybe a different type of uh thought process when you're trying to catch some fish come on in check them out here rocky mountain discount sports hooking and hunting outdoors on my country 95.5 wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors doesn't get any more hooking and outdoors than we are right now on alcova where we're here for the uh, wild hunters and fishermen walleye league and we're down to jay's this week number eight Yes, it is week number eight, and so far it's been pretty awesome. Uh, we've been out here fishing. We're not in the actual league fishing tonight, but we're just kind of casting in the water. And uh, Alcova is so nice this time of year, especially being Wednesday. Yeah, um, the water's great. There's not a lot of people out here. Pretty clear, not a lot of W word, which a lot of people know what that is. So it makes for a good night. Now, you guys have been doing this. This is the eighth week. You're going back and forth from Pathfinder to Alcova. Uh, can you tell a big difference between the, the two reservoirs? Um, by far, yes. Um, there's been a lot of pressure and a lot of activity on Alcova as to where Pathfinder, not as much. A lot of people catch a lot of fish, uh, a lot of smaller fish at Pathfinder, to where 
the quality of fish caught at Alcova is a little bit better. We were out here early today. We're just kind of tooling around and, and checking it out. And we've talked to some of the anglers that are part of the league. And uh, in week eight, they're struggling. They uh, caught some trout, but no walleye. And it uh, kind of is the story right now. Yeah, um, it's pretty tough fishing at this time of the year. Uh, the water's super clear. Um, fish are pretty deep. Uh, it's pretty tough fishing it. Now, you guys have been doing this for enough time now. Uh, how do you feel? I mean, it's your first year of running this tournament. You feeling pretty good about it? Yeah, I feel like that uh, we've had a pretty good turnout overall. Um, stayed pretty consistent, anywhere from nine to eighteen boats every other Wednesday, every Wednesday, depending on if it's Alcova or Pathfinder. It, and that's interesting too, because uh, you know you said that up in uh, Pathfinder that you're hitting like eighteen boats and on some nights, and and here people just know it's tough fishing. The, the way that we're doing it is you're going to base it off of your top five weeks. And out of 10 weeks, if somebody only wants to fish Pathfinder, they only have to make five of them. So a lot of people don't like Alcoba. Um, a lot of people have a lot of issues with um, being able to catch quality fish out here. It's a pretty tough lake to fish. And we are right in the middle of summer, and that's kind of one of the interesting parts is the league starts at 5 o'clock, but you can bring your families. Like your daughter, uh, Kylie, is out here with us today fishing, you know, and so it's it's family-friendly, and that's kind of the cool part. Yeah, the main thing to focus on out here is um, the kids and the family part of it. There's a couple guys out here that are very competitive, and that's understandable. Everybody wants to win. But most people that have come out here do it because of the camaraderie between everybody here and the families out here, and they just have fun. Um, the biggest thing that really gets a lot of the people that consistently fish this is the small fish spot. Everybody wants to catch the small fish, and that makes it super fun. Which is kind of rare because usually everybody wants the big one. Yeah, a lot of people want the big one. There's some of them that really only target the big fish, and there's a lot of other people that only target the small ones. You've done a good job, man, and and uh, you're very classy, and and people enjoy it. That's was kind of the cool thing, being able to sit there while people were checking in, seeing how much they like it. And uh, I definitely encourage you. You going to do it for year two? Um, I'm going to try. Yeah, uh, most definitely. Um, if I can put everything together and everybody wants me to do it again next year, then I will do this again next year. So there are just a, a couple of weeks left, so people are still invited to come fishing. Yeah, I mean, well, if somebody catches the next two, if they catch 30-inch fish for their five fish, they're going to be sitting pretty good. But uh, we have the overall nightly payout, and then we also have... A night every Wednesday night we have a payout of the big fish and the little fish so there's still two weeks left of being able to make money fishing and you guys have great sponsors too that's what's uh, really keeping you above water here and Rocky Mountain Discount Sports is one of them for sure yeah Rocky Mountain uh, Brian Woodward with uh, the walleye stampede and Mitch Bowers and then uh, Armand Trout Interiors uh, Granite Peak Ram's Horn Construction Pathfinder Boat Club Rick's Customs that's another really good one. Uh, he's going to be helping me with all of the shirts this year. Wagner's, 307 Hydrographics, Addie's Hunting, The Hideaway. You know, there's there's quite a few of them. Granite Peak, uh, that's where I work. Drillcom and Hagen's Fishing. If you want to get in for the next couple, go look for Wild Hunters and Fishermen, the Walleye League, all over Facebook. And Kylie, do you want to say anything? Are you feeling? How are you feeling? I mean, you haven't caught anything yet. I'm feeling pretty good. Honestly, it's really fun being out here. 
and it's a nice relaxing thing to do with your family so i say go try it absolutely can't say anything better than that right there awesome thank you guys so much kylie and jay and all the folks at the wild hunters and fishermen walleye league there's still two weeks Make sure you get there and check them out on Facebook. That's going to wrap up the show. You can always listen online and on demand to all of our episodes to find out what's going on with Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors.